Welcome to the Cognitive Bias Podcast. I'm your host, David Dolan Thomas, and today we're going to talk about rational escalation. And this is basically the idea of throwing good money after bad. It's like, we came all this way to do this thing, and you know what, we're just going to keep going. Even though whatever it is you're trying to achieve, even if you achieved it, it would never cover the cost of how much it took for you to get there. So um, one example is um, this guy, Robert Campo. Uh, back in the day, does a bidding war for Bloomingdale's. He's going to buy Bloomingdale's. He ends up paying $600 million more than it's worth. And then he goes bankrupt, right? Um, and, you know, by the time it was over, the Wall Street Journal was saying, look, this has become simply an ego war. This, there's nothing economically sound about any of what's happening here. Um, the sort of like psych experiment that you can use to demonstrate this is called the dollar auction. And the idea is you say, okay, um, I'm going to um, hold a, uh, a bidding war for this dollar bill, right? Um, and the twist is like two people are going to bid on the bill. And the twist is um, even the loser still has to pay whatever they bid, right? So I might start with one cent and then you might start with two cents. And for a while there, we're just trying to figure out who's going to make the most profit, even if that profit is like 90 cents or 80 cents. But what happens is because the other person is going to have to pay something, it keeps going until now it's, well, I bid a dollar and one cent. Uh, well, I bid a dollar and two cents, right? And now what you're competing for is to see who's going to lose the least. But you just keep going so that by the time you get to the end of it, you've bid way more than that dollar is worth, right? And it's a dollar. You know exactly how much it's worth, right? You have what they call perfect information, right, in this decision-making process, but you just keep going because you don't want to lose, right? Um, and that drives you to do irrational things. Um, now, there's sort of bigger, like, sociological impacts of this. So one example is um, when the Vikings get to, I believe it's Greenland, um, they starve, right? There's this whole wave of them that starve out. And the reason they starve isn't because there isn't anything to eat, right? There are native um, inhabitants there who are eating fish and doing just fine. It's just that Vikings don't do fish. They do cows. And so they keep trying to raise cows in this environment that is simply inhospitable, but they double down on it and double down on it because that's what they believe. And they end up starving out for like no reason. Um, the Mayans, even before they get wiped out by um, the Spanish, are already in a big decline. And the reason being, even though they create these great, amazing structures, that ends up actually being part of the problem. And they get into like doubling down and building these huge structures. Meanwhile, their people are starving, right? And so, um, so you end up in this cycle where um, even though it's no longer makes sense to do the thing, you keep doing the thing. Um, one of the all-time kind of great classic um, American history uh, examples is the Vietnam War, right? And it became... A, uh, a very tangible example of we just keep throwing resources at this thing and human lives at this thing um, that clearly is unwinnable, but we can't, we're America, we haven't lost a war yet, right? Like we can't, you know, acknowledge that. And so we just keep going and going. And this guy, George Ball, even before it really gets really, really bad, back in the mid 60s, he's, he works for the State Department. And he's one of the few kind of dissenters around the Vietnam War, especially this early on. And he says to uh, Lyndon Johnson, there's a quote here, the decision you face now is crucial. Once large numbers of U.S. troops are committed to direct combat, they will begin to take heavy casualties in a war they are ill-equipped to fight in a non-cooperative, if not downright hostile, countryside. Once we suffer large casualties, we will have started a well-nigh irreversible process. Our involvement will be so great that we cannot, without national humiliation, stop short of achieving our complete objectives 
of the two possibilities, I think humiliation would be more likely than the achievement of our objectives, even after we have paid terrible costs. And that's exactly what happened, right? Like, it, we just kept throwing um, lives at it um, and taking lives, um, even though it, it, it came clear that it didn't, it, this was not going to be, to, um, be winnable. Um other examples include like the Nigerian scam. So apparently people, if you remember the Nigerian email scam, it's sort of like, oh, send me some money. I need some help. And you know, I'll, you'll double your investment once I can unlock these funds. And they would find that people who did fall for it initially, even after it became clear that there was no Nigerian prince would keep sending money because they were pot committed now to just, I don't know, the possibility that they might make their money back someday, right? Like they just could not acknowledge, even when it was absolutely clear they were being scammed that um that this was uh that, that they were never going to get their money back they just kept going um the big dig in boston is another sort of big big example of this uh there's some statistic that something like 30 to 40 percent of software projects suffer from this which which i could believe and, I, and it makes me wonder if this is why processes like agile which are more iterative were invented so to give you a quick um, project management lesson. Waterfall is one form of project management where you say, we're going to build the thing. Here's what it's going to look like. It's going to take six months. And when we're done, let's all regroup and say, hey, we built the thing. And if you learn something along the way that maybe contradicts whether or not you should build the thing that way, you're kind of pot committed to building it that way and things get worse and worse. It's a very quick and dirty version. Whereas Agile is more like saying, okay, we think we're going to build this. It's roughly the timeline, but we're going to learn as we go. And if we learn something different, we're able to shift, right? We're going to do these iterative, what they call sprints. So every two weeks, like we'll build a a little piece here, a little piece there. And if we learn stuff as we go, we know, oh, now we need to shift a little bit. Great. That kind of approach is less prone to rational escalation because you haven't pot committed to this one singular vision of what the thing needs to be. Um, apparently, Denver International Airport's baggage handling system um, that they created at one point took was two years and $2 billion over budget. Um, and I think the biggest... Uh, irrational escalation we kind of face today may very well be um, climate change, where we've kind of doubled down and doubled down and doubled down on fossil fuels. Even when it becomes clear that there are all these others, even when the economy is starting to shift and jobs are starting to shift towards alternative energy, we still spend billions and billions and billions and billions on fossil fuels and covering them, even to our own detriment um, uh, as a planet. And it's it's the sort of thing where the pro part of the problem, part of the reason it's taken so long to tell the climate change story and all sort of be unified around, okay, we agree this is a thing, we need to do something about it. Part of it is just the nature of climate change. There's a whole other bias we've talked about where if you can't see the effects immediately, you don't do anything about it immediately. It's like why dieting is so hard. We've talked about that. But I think the other piece of it is this irrational escalation. Like we've spent so much and invested so much in oil as being the way we do things, the way we get around, the way we get power, that it's just, let's just keep going, right? Like this, we're pot committed now. Um, so this is one of those uh, biases that just have so many different ways it screws us up. Um, but um, hopefully we can make a change. Um, I, I don't actually know how. I'll, if I figure it out, though, I'll, I will tell you in another podcast. So that is all um, for uh, this week. Um, uh, my name is David Dolan Thomas. Thanks for listening to the Cognitive Bias Podcast.